Hello and welcome to Aviadev Insight Africa, the podcast offering a window to the world of African aviation with your host, John Howell, CEO and founder of Aviadev Africa. Hi, hello, my name is Koja Benton Williams, founder and CEO of Voyage Africa Travel Media and host of Year Tourism Podcast. This episode is a very special joint episode recorded on location at the Kruger Shalati train on the bridge. Kojo and I are here on a media trip with our partners at South African Tourism. The setting is perfect. The plane stretches out ahead of us. The sun has been setting. For any of our listeners who haven't traveled to Africa, it's about as iconic as it gets. Now we're here with you today to talk about the connection between aviation and tourism in Africa and why there still seems to be a bit of a disconnect. With over 50% of all international tourists arriving at their destination by air, I would argue always that the airline is the destination's biggest customer. Without the airlines acting as a conduit, the destination will be incredibly disadvantaged. So what I want to understand is how the tourism boards and ministers of tourism view this symbiotic relationship and how they can come to the party and get more involved. So Kojo, we attended the ASA event, which was the Airlines Association of South- Southern Africa, and there was the uh, Minister of Tourism of South Africa present, along with a tourism panel. So how would you describe the tourism and aviation relationship from a tourism standpoint? Look, I, I think that from a tourism standpoint, it's obvious that uh, tourism and aviation are bedfellows, okay? I was quite happy that at least for the first time, perhaps, in for ASA itself, we saw something between tourism and aviation and also the admission that the things we can't drive tourism we can't even drive our recovery if these two are not talking so yes i would have preferred that perhaps we had more time for for tourism model or you know conversation and then we can be able to drill down in terms of actual conversations but it's a good start i believe that we've had this conversation over and over again and it's about time that we, we made practical decisions because the facts support that Africa is a long haul destination, first of all. And then by virtue of that, what it means is over 70% of our uh, you know, source market, even, even within Africa, is by air transport. So it's, 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 it's no-brainer for them to speak to each other, understand the problem, understand the challenges. And they should be part of the conversation, a tripartite, in my opinion, uh, airports, airlines, destinations, because it, you should know how your customer got uh, to you, you know, and no way, not the other way around. Again, we have to move from the, the point where the tourism boards, in most cases, are, are, are part of the, the fanfare of water cannon uh, thing of flights coming in, but be, be part of the processes beginning from the start of why are we going to deploy this, which aircraft are we using, what is the market research. So when we do that, then we will see that, okay, we're having a problem either to increase capacity or we should look at this market, and that also fits into the whole strategy of the, uh, the National Tourism Boards, the Ministry of Tourism, and then other partners who form part of it. So in, in the nutshell, what I'll say is that it was good, at least for a start, but at also wanted to see uh, real conversations not just the panel i mean the panel is good advocacy is good i guess if you start with 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 advocacy and conversations it is a way that people can be taken to task but then again we can we you know we can go deeper and bring 
the manufacturers, airline, airport together for them to understand, you know, where we are going. And one thing we can do with that is actually mix it up. So we can have the tourism and the aviation and the airports and everybody yes. together on those panels rather than it being here's the tourism panel that's talking to the industry because then it can be quite one way it can be quite directional in terms of the conversation i've been saying for years and i've been doing this for 10 years and ultimately the destination's the beneficiary as a tourist you're you're not really that bothered about which airport you're going to land in so long as your bags make it and you get out as quickly as possible that's the perfect airport experience unless you're like me and a little bit weird and you quite enjoy going through airports and experiencing them so you know that tourist arrives and it wants to leave the airport as quickly as possible so therefore why would the responsibility to bring the airline to that destination sit with the airport it is the same analogy of why would a city tourist board do any work why not just let the bus stop do the work because ultimately that's where somebody gets off a bus and comes into the city there's just a massive disconnect in terms of responsibility and as you really rightly pointed out is that the destination often gets involved but super late they come in once the airlines made the decision and that's where the frustration is for me and what the airlines say to me is they're making decisions in isolation they're making they're looking at their numbers they're making decisions and they're not really getting any communication and that's the whole point of aviadev that was exactly what we wanted to do from an airport perspective and i'm encouraged we're seeing more destinations but there's no way that we're seeing enough um you know ultimately the airlines take all the risk when they start a route unless they have support from a destination airport they have incredibly thin margins incredibly thin profit margins huge costs at the current in the current environment as well and it's a competitive market so destinations that want to attract that airline have got to work harder than ever before especially post covid to attract those airlines and not just to attract them but to keep them and even more than that to actually grow so increase capacity increase the gauge of the aircraft increase that increases the number of tourists with the airlines you want you don't always need to chase new airlines you need to improve the relationship and see how they're doing you know how can we help you if it's struggling better to know that now then deal with it when they've pulled out of the market it's so hard to get them back at that point really really difficult to replace it so my question to you is going back 10 years and looking at today have we made progress in africa look john i i, I think that yes we've made some progress small progress low wings but i think that we are way behind okay and what it means is that again we go back to the Yamusuku convention and all of that we still have airlines who have been protected by state all right and then by doing so and not allowing a bit of a liberalizing the space then you are also saying that it's super non-competitive for the traveler that's what it is you know so progress we've made but it's so thin and pretty much now that we are in a very difficult situation of post-pandemic so what it means is that we have to double up or triple up or tenfold because airlines are going through the, i mean the whole world is going through a, you know a seemingly uh, a recession and like you said airlines make very thin profit and because airlines destinations airports are not speaking we know of airports whose charges are not enticing enough for airlines to come through Yet at the same time, their own uh, national tourism boards are applying different routes, or they want to do that. So you have those uh, disconnect. But perhaps if they were sitting together, and it doesn't have to start from 
super grand thing. It ought to be from the small things that they can do to be able to do that. So, yes, we made progress, but now and where we are now in terms of post-COVID, we, we need people to double up. We need, like the ASA conference, you realize that regional airlines were talking to each other, but again, even for them, they feel that sometimes they are not getting the support of other countries within the region. So they make it very competitive. So somebody goes there and it's like, uh, airfares are you know expensive, we can fly and all of that. But the conversation is not out there to the end user, to the consumer. So sometimes I'm fairly blamed on one, pretty much like the airline. But if you pick the ticket, if you pick your ticket, you realize that there are taxes on it. And the tourism board, for them, they're not even aware of anything. What they know is that, uh, you know, people are coming from this flight, even uh, unless there's a case or there are issues to be discussed. But if they want to go down and say, this is our strategic market, this is our source market, this is our uh, exploratory market, okay, how do they assess the market? Which airlines are coming through? Those conversations ought to be had with data, you know, statistics, and with the key partners. Then they say, okay, can we give freedom right you know because if you want to ultimately protect your national career what you do is that you are putting passengers would be travelers or your clients through a difficult position and the world is very competitive so if it's just for tourism they're never going to come they have more places to go and for you to travel like i said africa is a long-haul destination so we have to be able to make practical decisions sign the contract be, be discussing that look i know panels are great conferences are great but again it's it's those platforms that we need even if you make one decision sometimes people expect that you sign you know bilaterals or all of that yes it's fine but it's it's pointless if you sign 80 bilaterals and none of them has been executed so my my direct answer to this is that it's woefully inadequate if you want to catch up if you want to uh, ensure that uh, you know we are competitive as a destination because we still cannot be receiving 85 million uh, tourists a year where the whole of Spain is receiving 85 million tourists we need to also understand from the regional perspective like Asa was doing I think that yes you could probably say it's, it's, it's too late but again even for a region that is very connected like Southern Africa they've, they've taken the initiative to bring tourism on board for them to understand and i i dub my heart out to uh, south african tourism for also understanding the chemistry between aviation tourism and having us here in south africa yeah and just to follow that up i mean i just want to echo that point that south africa tourism are a great partner for aviadev and and they've got more and more involved as we've developed over the years and we're here as part of a media tour with aviation media but it's being hosted by South Africa Tourism. That shows that they're seeing that value and they're seeing that necessity that actually you've got to work at the end user, you've got to attract a, an individual to want to come to the destination, but you've also got to work on the airlines who are going to provide the, the airlift to your destination, especially a destination like South Africa, which is at the bottom of the world. The other thing that, that I just wanted to pick up on, before we finish, we want to talk about what are we going to do. But before I go to that point, you know, a lot of the things that we talk about and a lot of the tourism that we talk about to Africa is super international. I mean, intercontinental. But do you feel that as a result of COVID, that domestic and regional tourism 
is improving you know for the medium and long term or was it literally a necessity during covid do you think that people are now seeing that regional and domestic tourism market as an important part of their strategy going forward so uh, for me i think that uh, post pandemic and what the pandemic taught us uh, and and all destinations i i believe genuinely learned how to do things differently okay if you don't rethink tourism in a way that you drop short termism and knee jerk reactions to solve problems then it means that you're just going back to the same old thing and you cannot s with that in on a continent that you are so behind when it comes to the numbers so my point is that yes all destinations around the world and blocks that are doing well in tourism have strong and the bane of their of the industry is regional and domestic tourism so you have to develop it so well but as we know of course the yields are not the same but then when you do that and what you're trying to do is that there's always a way there's a there's always the baseline of your industry you have regional and domestic tourism and what happens is that we all know that the travel needs and the offerings of these markets are different so you prepare yourself for it now going forward you also anticipate that because you've not invested much in that you have to roll out a plan that addresses some of the markets you know invest in big data invest in research you know innovation and education because you know we were exposed and just in two three months a lot of jobs were off a sector that all we know all the glitz and glamour that was doing so well how can it be just in in some month or some two or three months everything is down so uh it's good i hope that we never come to this point and i believe genuinely that uh destinations some destinations have taken some cue now as to whether the current dispensation we find ourselves where uh the world is going through economic challenges and that destinations can take leadership okay in terms of making tourism a, a real force for good it's also another thing altogether because in this difficult time it's tourism that has that and um, you know multiplier and the unique ability to be able to change the lives of people so let us not plan with just market and we and and all the greenwashing and things are over because COVID exposed that so my thing is build a plan domestic market is so key every world in the world in europe you know uh, tourism is thriving in europe because you can travel between spain and portugal i mean the uk to this etc the same thing in south america like that but here we have a myriad of challenges that we are still bucked with we still faced with you have visa challenges how do you travel in your own continent and then first they say e-visa is not working you have to get visa and yet you're spending money in promoting that so what i would say is the fact that it has given us the opportunity for us to not just have a conversation but to take the practical measures it will take some time but if a country or a destination is making a step and it's like we shouldn't go too far right here on the continent some destinations some dmos are making progressive step benchmark that we can pick for you know from there so my last take on this is the fact that may we never go back to the days where people are seen in fact in an article that were published in some of the countries people said prioritizing domestic tourism or for them was a way to say that they are second class citizen but however that you see it if you want to promote domestic tourism it would have given you the opportunity to develop your infrastructure which means that tourism should be good for its people before you know the foreigner 
think that's such a great, such a great point. You know, Africa had that unique challenge that it was super reliant on international tourism. You know, the tourists that's come and that spend the money were predominantly the international tourists. That's where the receipts were. And obviously, you know, I'm from the UK. It was very different. People were like, okay, I won't spend my money in Spain or France. I, I can go on holiday to Cornwall and Devon, and you know, I can still have that holiday, and we have that money to spend. And, and there's a facility there that that people can afford. The second thing on this is that destinations hold the key i wrote the article yes. i wrote a blog we put it in the in your magazine you know those destinations that understand this link quickest will be the ones that recover the quickest the ones that succeed and the other point just on what you said is you know what aviadev was set up to do was to facilitate first and foremost connectivity we say to from and within the african continent but the most important thing that i was focused on was within because that's where the opportunity is and look at where we were we were at Arza it was hosted by Airlink Airlink is only an African airline it's only a southern African airline but it's connecting an incredible number of destinations with an incredible number of aircraft and it's working with international partners to bring the feed you know let the other guys bring in the feed into into the region and then their job is to do that last mile delivery in the same concept as a UPS DHL Amazon you know you think about it like that instead of the parcels we're thinking about people right and that's that's what tourism is it's getting them to where they want to be as efficiently and as cost effectively as possible so before we go we didn't want to just talk around where we're at i think we need to discuss what do we do from here how do we move from uh, lip service into actually getting these guys around a table and getting to understand each other's pain points and getting them to work together okay so it start from what we said earlier that the conversation ought to be had which is true but it would also show that we will see destinations that are s- serious about tourism development because a-, a lot of things came under scrutiny and we realized that a lot of them even did that without a, a proper survey and data. So in going forward, what it means is that we can no longer just be sitting down and talking about numbers. This is a very key thing. So you can have to be able to distinguish between numbers and yields and put in the right context because we seem to be fascinated by um, you know by numbers, yes. 10, 20 million, etc. You can have 10 million visitors and then you have you know, uh, 300 million dollars. Uh, Somebody have 2 million and he has 1 billion. So we have to situate it in the context to understand that, yes, it's good to have the numbers, but what are you actually going in for? You know, as a business, as a market, you go for something that addresses your, uh, your need and don't just follow the wind. This is a problem that we have. Second of all is the fact that let us see that our government are taking tourism serious. Some are, are you know, are doing of course, you can argue that we have uh, our natural resources, etc. But if you don't make the concerted effort and the push, I'm sorry, you can make all the PR thing with a press release, all of that, host a number of farm trips, but you are faced the reality of visa challenges, access problem. You're not speaking to the airlines. You're not sitting on the same table. You're not studying the data that uh, airport is providing or the airline is even giving you. And it's part of intelligence to make you better. So, what I'll say in, in all of this is the fact that, look, we have to pick a cue from what ASA did and what SAT is taking leadership in doing, you know, in terms of for uh, destinations to understand that they have a key role, a key role to know where their market is coming from. 
In fact, when they do that, they even reduce the waste because what happens you are doing marketing, you align yourself because you cannot go and do a research. Okay, I'm having a market coming from Finland. You don't know which aircraft is going to, I mean, which airline is going to bring it there. So it allows you and it affords you the, the chance to see who and who are possible. And the airports, even to some extent, the manufacturers and the things around can help you to know that this airline can help and which, which type of aircraft based on the initial, you know, market. So what I'm going to say is that, look, we will start somewhere. Some will not join. We've had Yamato Convention. We have certain you have that and these airlines are still complaining and until we are flexible to see the partnership going forward i'm sorry we'll be having this conversation over and over and over again so john it's been good here in south africa but i believe that the takeout for me is the fact that we're beginning to see concrete steps taking you know and as that can be a in point of reference and if you look at what the model of airlink is you know fly safer and fly surfer people so you just fly it and you see not because we're making marketing but the fact that these are regional carriers and they've been granted some rights or into some routes that possibly if other countries can be flexible or be liberal it allows the continent to connect better and then we can even have a way that intra-africa can never be realized if we have bottlenecks in traveling apart from the visa so my final word will be the fact that May we never come here to this point again and that COVID has taught us lessons that will help us engage more, understand the because understanding the problem itself is part of the solution. So if you don't understand the problem and you are not humble enough to listen and be part, but just to go and show show face, like you say, in in, in the water cannon thing or in, in the pump and pageantry of airline arriving, then I'm sorry, your destination will still be where you are and, and now you need agile leadership to be able to take you out from the difficult position that we are now yeah exactly I, I totally agree with what you're saying I think you know the point is the destinations have to get ahead of the game that's the way to look at it you got to get there early and you got to work on these things sometimes it takes years to create a new route but you have to know who it is that you need to influence. You need to make those relationships and you need to have those conversations. When I've spoken to airlines, we used to talk about this 10 years ago, the golden triangle. And it's what Aviadev has been built on, which is these meetings. And that triangle is very simply an airline on one side of the table, which is taking all of the risk. They have the aircraft. Yes, exactly. They can put that aircraft anywhere they want. But if that aircraft and that, that route does not make money, it's very expensive to start the route. They're the ones that go out of business. An airport ultimately will stay standing. You're not going to knock it down if a route disappears. And you're not going to lose it as a destination. The destination is still there. So the airline is taking the risk. The job of a destination in an airport is to mitigate that risk. And when I ask an airline, what does your ideal meeting look like? They say, I'm on one side of the table and there's an airport and a destination sat together as a team on the other side, as a minimum. So that's the first thing is that is what an airline is looking for. The second thing to say is, which is super exciting, is you and I both believe passionately in collaboration. And that's why, obviously, we're going to go into a strategic partnership whereby we're going to work together to make sure that we can get those destinations that are actively wanting to make a difference. The ones that are ready to come to Aviadev in 2023 and meet with the airlines and sit with their airports and listen and understand what their biggest customers want to do. If you're a destination that doesn't see the value in that, when most of your tourism arrivals arrive by air, but you don't want to have a relationship with the airline, 
or the airport is telling you, no, 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 we'll handle it. I would say, no, you don't let the airport handle it. It's your customers. They're more important to you than the airport, with all due respect. You know, they're passing through the airport. They're spending time. They're spending money. And they are driving your destination in terms of success. So watch this space. If you did enjoy the podcast, thank you for joining me, Kojo, first and foremost. It was great for you to be on here. No, no, it was great to see you again, again, to, to, to meet again. We've been here three times this year in South Africa. And I think it was a good um, experience. We've had a good two amazing game drives and obviously we'll meet in London uh, at the world travel market exactly and this is it it's about Kojo's come to a, an airline event I'm going to be at a tourism event we're going to work together to try and advocate to those that want to listen that air access is super important for a destination's development post-covid and we need to advocate for destinations to work together work with the airlines understand and and take things forward so Thank you so much for everybody out there for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe to both our podcasts. So that is the VA Tourism Podcast and also the Aviadev Insight Africa Podcast. Uh, do subscribe to both of those. You can get them on all platforms so you don't miss another episode. And uh, Kojo and I have got to go off now. We've got some uh, some more entertaining to do, some more experience of this wonderful country before we fly home tomorrow. So uh, thank you all for joining us. Thank you again, Kojo. And we'll see you for the next episode very soon. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Take care.